Hollywood Bootcamp, a podcast where we turn those NBA iMessage rants into actual conversation. I'm your host, Moynat Kongobadai, and joining me are my co-hosts and best friends, Neil Bhattacharya and Karno Sarkar. Guys, it's uh, episode 10. We've made it, to a, made it to a milestone here. And uh, because it's a milestone, I think we also have a lot to cover because the last week in the NBA has been crazy, uh, given that the trade deadline uh, has now gone and, uh, gone and run its course. Um, along with NBA All-Star Weekend, which is coming up uh, starting on Friday night. So a lot to dissect there in terms of the starters, the reserves, um, and you know who's deserving of their spots. But to kick things off, um, the trade deadline, what, what, were, what were your guys' thoughts? I mean, did you, did you feel like it was everything you expected in terms of what we were hearing in, in, in rumors? Yeah, I mean, I think the big rumors happened uh, outside of the Lakers being absolutely useless and not making any trades. But um, I think the big ones happened. They all kind of waited to the last actual like 24 hours. I think there were a lot of small trades leading up to that. But uh, Pacers get an A-plus from me in all their trades. I think they did a great job. It was the yard sale, right, Garno? Uh, I, I, I said yard sale earlier. I know we, we had our, our group chat. Um, I did say that there's a yard sale in Sacramento. I will. Um, I mean, come, we'll we'll talk about this more. I, I'm I'm a little more attuned to what they're doing. Um, I, I think there there is some strategy, albeit maybe not the greatest. Um, like the Pacers really got a gem in Tyrese Halliburton, but um, I think there's there's some there's some method to the madness in, Sac- in Sacramento. Can we just take a moment to appreciate the the Woj bombs as well? I mean, he's literally the first guy to report it. Like. If wow. you Google it, if you're on Twitter, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's coming Jam from him. Sometimes beat them. That's true. And for the big one, for the, for the one, the Harden uh, Simmons trade, Woj is wrong. It was actually Windy Brian Windhorse that got yeah. it. Like, Woj was saying there's nothing happening, nothing happening, and Brian Windhorse coined the term the deal zone, uh, which I think we're gonna be using for generations to come uh, when we start talking about trade deadline. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe while we, while we're on the topic of, of the big one. So who do we like? What's the, what's the outcome on the Nets versus the Sixers? Can we take a moment actually to, um, you know, write the funeral of a huge topic that we've been talking about for the last nine episodes into this episode, the Ben Simmons is the saga is over. Uh, how do you guys, I mean, this is, we've been harping on this for a while. Him, I'm curious to see him play. I haven't seen him play. He in still so hasn't said a word. Like the guy is, ugh. He he, he said there. some stuff uh, in his press conference, which yeah, was, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I but, mean, Steve uh, Nash was speaking on his behalf too. Like, you know, he's he's doing better. We're gonna give him as much time as he needs. If I was Steve Nash, I'd be like, dude, get the fuck on the floor yeah. right now. My team is on an eleven game losing streak, and they're currently getting annihilated by the Knicks. So it might be twelve. <laughs> They, they won a quick game in between. Oh, they maybe, did. Okay. Uh, was it Washington or some random team? Okay. Uh, but they have no I, one. I, I, they, they, all these uh, I, every time Ben Simmons is brought up, like today, so they posted a video of him like knocking down threes in Nets practice. I'm like, that's always happened. Every NBA player makes all their shots in practice. Yeah. The guy any just, center, any center yeah, will do that. Yeah. The guy just has no confidence on the floor. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm just curious to see how he plays with Kevin Durant. And I guess Kyrie in half the games, but I don't really care about him. Well, I don't know how much Kyrie's even going to be playing. I mean, assuming they have a, um, assuming they'd actually make it up and actually become a top four seed, 
Kyrie's going to be playing out of three of every seven games if yeah. they make it to the best of seven series. Yeah. So I honestly uh, don't think it's enough support. Like I think losing Harden, I, I, I well, let me let me just start by saying this. I think the 76ers got the better end of the trade. Okay. Um, and the Nets are in a position now where they don't have a primary ball handler at home. Uh, I guess it could be Simmons. Um, and you know, you use them on the fast break a little bit and you're just dumping it off to 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 Seth Curry and 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 KD when you can. But I don't trust Ben Simmons as my point guard in playoff time. Like I, it, I feel like they lost, they lost the one guy that could actually shoulder the burden. Like look at it this way: if you, where the state of the Nets are today, they don't have Kevin Durant, Kyrie's not at home, and James Harden is gone. James Harden could at least sustain. He could at least try to get some wins as a healthy point guard with just his own ability. I think that they're not they're not an 0 and 10 team. They're probably like a 6 and 4 team if it was Harden. With Ben Simmons, I think they're an 0 and 10 team. So Neil, you also agree that uh, the Sixers won the trade? Um, I, I mean, Harden is a is a generational future. Like, I mean, the guy is a probably a Hall of Famer. I okay, um, interesting. So I, I don't think the Sixers. I mean. Maybe in the short-term Sixers look like they've won the trade, but I think the Nets won it in the long-term. But I, I I think I told you guys this in this in my text that this is a lose situation for both teams. Um, we look at we look at these trades and we look at the talent and who's the most talented player usually wins a trade. So yes, in that case, the most talented player in this trade was Ben, uh, or sorry, James Harden. But one thing I've learned, I've, I think James Harden has taught me this, is that you know the intangibles have meant so much in these things. And the way he mailed in his performances the last few weeks um and you know his attitude kind of leads me to believe all right ben or ben simmons all right maybe he has some mental health issues and he may not play but we know what you're getting you're not going to get any worse than that you you already know this is it and when kevin Durant comes back he can lead a bunch of scrubs to the the promised land james harden if he decides hey i don't like this situation he's going to bag it in again I, i i can totally see that and I don't trust James Harden's um, drive and his will to win. Anymore. I completely, completely agree. I don't think he has any redeemable leadership qualities. I, I think, I think the guy would like to play when he can, but I don't think his hamstring issue the last two weeks were as hampering as they could be. I think that was just a ploy to get out and get the fuck out of he, Brooklyn. He, in his, in his video of playing like practicing in Philly, with MB like today, right? Hamstring was fine, and he looked like he lost fifty pounds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he was all smiles. So if he has a good attitude and just is there to win, then I think they're going to do great. But it, that's that's a big if. He did look awfully slim. I will yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, well, let's talk a little bit about the other pieces of this trade too. I mean, so James Harden goes, and so does um, Paul Millsap, which was great for yeah. the Nets. They got rid of Paul Millsap, which they always wanted to do. In return, Andre Drummond on his minimum. He has a very uh, sm- uh, low salary right now. He's going to uh, the Nets. The biggest piece of this trade, I think, is actually Seth Curry. Uh, Seth Curry, because, I mean, we have our stars. And you're going star for star, and you kind of know what you're getting there. But Seth Curry does so much for um, the perimeter, especially if you have an interior presence, which the Nets don't have. But KD does play in the post. He does play the key a lot. Um, having Seth Curry, and you like. Uh, even in their loss, I mean, Seth Curry was, you know, putting up numbers. And when Philly got spanked by Boston yesterday, you could tell they're missing something. They're missing a Seth Curry presence because when uh, Joel Embiid's in the post, who's going to pass it out to? 
he's going to pass that to James Harden, who's going to try and drive and or do what he does, uh, iso ball it. Seth Curry can play that team dynamic, and he can play the, the Steve Nash kind of ball, um, which is why I think the Nets actually may have came out of the better end because they got some pieces, whereas uh, the Sixers really didn't. They just got a, a, a star piece that could is very, very visceral. Yeah, I mean, the Sixers are, Sixers are just putting all their marbles on Harden, so we'll see how it works out. But it's, but it's a kind of win-now mode for the Sixers, right? Like, yeah. we've been talking about the process for, like, seven years now. It's been an eternity. Embiid's health is always a question, and he's been durable enough this season. So I think it's the right move. You, you bring in a true scorer who can supplement Embiid, and you, you just put all the marbles in the basket, all the eggs in the basket for, uh, for uh, this year. The question is, all right, so now Embiid's – I mean, he's going to be long and he has injury issues. I mean, he's, he's been pretty good, but when he's off the floor, who's going to be playing the center? Yeah. They don't have a Drummond anymore. I don't know. They who, have nothing. I mean, they could small ball out with Tobias, but yeah, they could, yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, you gave it to a, a team that's probably going to use it. Yeah. So they're going to use Claxton and um, Drummond and yeah. pound at um, uh, pound at the Sixers when the Sixers don't have him beat on the floor. Well, that's to say that's to say that the that the Bucks aren't already the best team in the East, right? Oh yeah, I, I, this is not a this is not a conference finals setup. This is going to be at the semifinals or even for the first round. You're going to see this matchup. I guarantee. I mean, the, the road goes through Buffalo, or goes through not Buffalo. Sorry, <laughs> goes through Milwaukee. Um, even though Miami and Cleveland and even Chicago are kind of the top three right now, the road's going to go through Milwaukee in the end. I mean, Giannis looks unstoppable the other day they do they do and when their three-point shooting is on i've been saying this they're the they're the toughest team to beat in the nba but they lost they got spanked by the suns the the very next day so you just never know which which side you're gonna get with the bucks sometimes good thing about the playoffs is when we talk when we start talking playoffs we're only talking about the top six or top seven year rotation so all this other riffraff that's happening like when we're seeing all these bench warmers play you're not going to see that in the playoffs. When it comes down to it, all right, Giannis is going to play the 40, 42 minutes or whatever he needs to. Um, and now they got some additional pieces that when he can, if he, if he needs a, um, a primary um, uh, a rim protector, he has Serge Ibaka. So, um, you know, that, that's another great trade. They, uh, they traded Dante DiVincenzo to get Serge Ibaka back and they have uh, some bench, uh, they have some strengths there. So um, it, it's going to be, fine i think we're not going to see what we saw yesterday or two days ago um with the box so just to just to recap here corner you think this is a lose lose for both lose lose uh, for both nets are going to win out in the long term let's say that okay and neil we're, we're both kind of on the same page here in terms of the sixers are in win now mode yeah. they benefit they get an immediate benefit from this trade yeah Makes sense. So, so Neil, I turn it back to you. What do you think was the most surprising trade uh, at the deadline and what trade do you like the most? Um, Surprising. I'll have to think about the trade. I liked the most was most of the Pacers trades, uh, especially when them getting Halliburton. I mean, I know they lost Sabonis, but Halliburton is a young stud who can, really be a corner piece for that uh surprising i don't know if any of these trades really shocked me i mean really? I'm, not even christophs yeah christophs for sure no, uh, he's been on the trading block for a while but it didn't seem like they were going to make a move with like their health issues and and the Mavs were winning games 
They're moving them to the Wizards out of all teams. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird. I mean, it's a weird trade, I guess. But I, I feel like they've been trying to get rid of him for some time. For Dinwiddie, for Dinwiddie's good. I agree, Dinwiddie's uh, good, but he's he. How does he? How does he, he fit though? in with Luca? He's yeah, not I mean, been good yeah. last year. Yeah, he hasn't been that. But he, he's still he's still like. Yeah, I feel like he can still score and play. But yeah, it's weird. It's weird to to pair him up with Luca, I guess, because it doesn't. Anyone anyone that goes to Dallas has to be paired with Luca at this point because he's the cornerstone of the franchise. So it really is dependent upon what what are the pieces that you can set around Luca. If you if you look at Kristaps and and uh, Dinwiddie, I would take Kristaps any day of the week. Yeah, but Kristaps wasn't, wasn't delivering. Like he was either injured in the playoffs or just didn't do much. Aside from the health Dinwiddie? issues, I feel like he was stringing together good games and in know, the regular was season. gone. But yeah, yeah. I, we're also uh, got to remember that. Uh, I mean, it's, it wasn't just Dinwiddie, it was also Davis Bertans, who has the worst contract in NBA history. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, you pretty well, I mean, if the problem was Chris Stops' contract, you got maybe an even worse contract looking back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Come I, on, Cuban. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not Cuban that's doing it, right? It's uh, what's his name? Um, oh my God. I forgot the name of their GM. They just got a new GM, but. Um, He's not very good, clearly. Uh, or oh. not a really good money manager. I thought of my most surprising was McCollum. <clears throat> yeah. I think oh. Was, yeah. Okay. To the Pelicans. But that the writing was on the wall there, too. It, it was, but I knew. didn't expect him to go to, to, to NOLA of all places. Dude, if Zion stays, that, that's a pretty cool team. Did you just see he's, he's apparently needs further surgery on his foot? <laughs> yeah. When did that happen? Today. I just, today. <laughs> oh, my God. So he's, much, yeah. he's supposed to return to, I mean, he looks good. He actually, um, he, he got, he cut his weight, but um, he's supposed to return to practice. I think this past week or maybe a week ago, uh, but um, he hasn't been able to do it yet. Poor guy. So uh, yeah, I mean, um, all right. So Neil, you have the CJ McCollum trade. Did what, what, what about it surprise you? Was it just like the, the fact that the uh, um, Portland was trying to tank or, no, it's oh. the fact that they traded him to a mediocre team. I would have thought that you're like probably one of your most important players for the last however many years. You at least give him to like a playoff contender. But what can a playoff contender give you back in terms of picks, uh, a few role players and picks? If they're a playoff contender, the picks are going to be sucky anyway, right? True. At least get some role. I mean, a lot of playoff contenders had trades. I feel like. They could have given him to a better team. That's that's kind of it's kind of a shitty move. I don't know. I kind of liked it. Um, the reason why is because McCollum can now be the primary guy now. He's going to be the primary backcourt player. And um, if you yeah. look at the Portland salary cap, it's going to be beautiful next year for uh, pairing Damon with a what a probably a lottery pick. So it's going to be a big man in the lottery. And B, a Miles Bridges ask or someone. That can provide some uh, some slashing for him. Sure, I agree. I think it was a good trade for Portland. I just feel bad for McCollum. He's going to go to a pretty average team and try and bring it up. But he won't be there long. Trust me. Yeah. That, that team's going to be sellers very soon. They don't have a they don't have a ball handler, and they also don't play defense. Devontae so, Graham. Uh, I'm saying. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, the Pel- the Pelicans. I mean, I don't think either of those guys are 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 a game manager, dynamic point guard that you need arguable i haven't watched Devonte graham enough but that team doesn't play defense i'll tell you that that's true 
That's true. I mean, neither team really does. Although Portland's, uh, I mean, Chauncey Bills is trying to instill some defense in this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was funny. Chauncey actually said that. He was like, I, these guys don't want to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, they, uh, yeah, team's awful. They need, they need some, like, they, they need to use the draft to pick up some defense because um, there are a lot of good young defenders out there now. Uh, yeah. But what about you? What do you think is, is your most surprising trade? Well, I, I still go back to the Chris Stops one. I mean, we, we talked about it. I, you know, I, it's a little surprising, a little surprising there. Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you the trades that I like. Um, mm-hmm. Sad to see Levert go, but the Cavs are hot right now, or at least they're, they're still a pretty fun team and, and, and pretty solid complimentary squad to watch. I like that they get Levert and that he can just get oh. you points right right off the bat good dribble penetration player um the other one that i'm actually looking here and it's kind of it's uh it's sinking in a little bit more is i I like the hornets acquiring montrez harrell i mean that hey it's they they don't play the hornets they don't play enough defense but another fun offensive talent to bring to the game you you pair him with miles bridges and, and Lamelo um that guy just is a dunking machine and, and and a rebounding machine i feel like he's a good complement to to what that team already has it's, that was actually a trade that i was surprised with like why are you just dumping Montrezl harrell like washington's really going <laughs> yeah for they, they're doing him dirty <laughs> uh, yeah uh because i mean they're he's going to a team that's like all what six eight uh big men so like all right where's your center so you, you can't play defense Plumley, or not Plumley? Who are we talking about? Yeah, it is Plumley. It is Plumley. It but, is Plumley. Yeah, but really, he can't. He can't play defense. He can't play offense. He can't play anything. <laughs> just there. Um, he's just eating up space. Um, I don't know. I didn't like that one. That was one trade I really did not like. I felt they did my, uh, Montrez dirty, and then there, there's no real improvement to Charlotte. I, I don't really think Montrez was was producing as much as they expected him to, though. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing in uh, like in Washington. He, it was him. Yeah. They were, uh, he could put, uh, he was a good um, rim cleaner. Yeah. Put, 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 put in putbacks and stuff. Yeah. Carno, how about you? So the most shocking trade to me was um, just the Halliburton. Like, how do you yeah. get rid of a player that is going to be, he, he's a really good playmaker. As ugly as his jump shot is, it, it's a very effective jump shot. Um, I don't know how you get rid of, I mean, especially when you had the other options of Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox yeah. to uh, give up and you give up Halliburton um, seems to be shocking to me. Um, but with that being said, I see what they're trying to do. It's uh, pairing because Demontis De- Sabonis, one thing about him is yes, he requires a lot of touches, but he's one of the fastest. Uh, he's one of the quickest people to like, all right, pull the ball, pass it off, pull the ball, pass it off. Pairing him with De'Aaron Fox like I watched their first game uh, when they had that trade and they were just whipping the ball around. And I see, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to be a fast paced um, playing pick and roll, but still fast paced uh, offense. And all right, I can respect it. And then they add Dante DiVincenzo, who can be a, a good, um, you know, kick out uh, from a pick and roll, a three point shooter. Plus he can play perimeter D. I like that move. I like that move a lot. Um, so I'm not going to give them as much shit as I did before on being a yard sale. But my favorite trade uh, was Derek White to uh, the Celtics. Derek White, uh, for people that don't really watch San Antonio, is a really, really good shooter and a really, really good backcourt back player. He, he made him... the uh, USA team that lost. In, he uh, really? In the oh, was yeah, it? he was on yeah. that team. 2019 or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he was on that team. 
Um, but um, so trading him for a Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, um, and a, a protected first rounder, which is top four protected. So it's not really going to be, um, you're, you're going to get a second round pick from that. Yeah. Um, but now he's in Boston. You get, first, you get rid of Josh Richardson, who's been trash. Josh Richardson has been trash. I was so high on that guy ever so since he was good. in Miami because that guy was a lights out shooter. He could have been good on Philly. Now he's just getting, he's, he's just garbage. like a role player. I, he defined three and D. Like that guy was the three and D guy. And now he's just absolute garbage with a high contract. Yeah. Uh, like getting Derek White for him is a great move. And he even uh, his first game, I think he had like 17 points, uh, four assists, like eight rebounds or something. He, he, he filled it up as a back, as a uh, coming off the bench. So for a team that's probably one of the hottest teams in the league right now, the Boston Celtics, um, great move. Great, great, great move. You guys buy into it? Is it real? Nine and one so far? It's, it's, it's good enough for a, uh, a contention to make it out of the play-in tournament, tournament and maybe be a uh, conference semi team. I haven't yeah. watched enough. Why are, what's going on? Did, did Brown and Tatum just turn it up? Brown and Tatum turned up. They got rid of a lot of players. They were just kind of, I mean, every player can play defense now. Their defense is the, is the best um, defense in the league in terms of like points. Second best in terms of defense or rating. Their offense is still a pretty good offense with uh, Brown and Tatum. Um, Marcus Smart is realizing his role. Everyone's kind of gelling. Um, it, it's a defense. It really is just like that defense is so good now. Uh, and Ime Udoka was a defensive um, mastermind when he uh, when he was coaching San Antonio, and when he was trying to do it at Brooklyn. So it, it's a uh, it's it's a defense oriented team. Defense wins championships, right? There you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, any other trades that you guys want to? cover um, oh we gotta talk about the pistons pistons yeah it. i was just about to say that <laughs> you gotta talk about the pistons right are, are we gonna so my detroit pistons i think i said this uh in our, our previous pod i wanted bagley i wanted bagley a lot uh i marvin bagley is a player that is a great project uh he was a number two pick i think what three drafts ago uh maybe four maybe drafts ago. longer he was four. yeah he i mean it's been a while but marvin okay. bagley is a number two pick out of duke and he comes in as a center slash power forward, but he's been shooting the three way too much. When he comes into Detroit, I hope, and this is my hope, there are two components to this. One is he's not going to be shooting from threes. And two, he's going to be doing the pick and roll with Caden Cunningham because he's a perfect pick and roll guy. He can play the post. He's a very good post presence. Um, so bringing in Marvin Bagley as a one-year rental too, is going to be uh, really fun. I mean, I was watching some highlights of the game today, and he, him and Kate are already, uh, you know, connecting on alley oops. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be yeah. fun. Marvin Beck. And all we got rid of were um, a some. Um, we got rid of Josh Jackson and uh, Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles, who's just a net negative on the team, and Josh Jackson, who's good, but he really can. We, he was he's too much. We didn't have to get rid of anyone significant at all. No, and we got yeah. rid of two draft picks, which weren't even ours. The two yeah. second rounders were not our picks anyway. So great pickup, great one-year rental, cleans up the cash for next year. And if you look at uh, the next three years, the Pistons are going to be really uh, easy on cap, and they can, they, they're going to make some moves. So I love this trade. I, I love the positioning now because, as you said, they have, they have Cade, they have Bagley. You have a lot of cash for, for this summer. Um, and then you go on, you, you go out and you're still in contention for a top five lottery pick, like assuming you can yeah. get Chet, there's a lot of, fle- there's a lot of flexibility that you Seven have foot op- spider. Yeah. I just don't, there. 
I don't understand. Like, yeah, we're going to have a lot of cash this summer, but we can't attract veteran talent, like good veteran. I don't know who's going to come here. I'll tell you who's going to come here. We're going to get Miles Bridges. We're going to get um, like Thomas Bryant or some kind of big time presence. I've, I've thought about this for a while. We're going to get Miles Bridges, Thomas Bryant. We're going to save up for the year after when, we're, when we have the opportunity of getting maybe um, like a, a Bradley Beal or something like that. But, but we're going to build a, a great youth core to have this team. And uh, so tw- and we talked, me and Mil, or Robbie talked about this in the last uh, podcast, but 2023, the summer of 2023 will be our summer. All right, all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to build up, like we're not going to be a lottery team next year. We might be a play-in team next year, but we're not going to shoot for anything crazy. Yeah. Um, but we're going to show that we're competent enough to bring in some kind of young star that says, hey, I want to play with Detroit. Um, and I want to play with the combination of Cade. Um, I don't know about Chet, maybe Jaden Ivey. Um, then like um, uh, yeah. Sadiq Bay, yeah. uh, Isaiah Stewart. It's going to be fun. Isn't, isn't this free agency though? You got Bradley Beal. He's he's on he's like the number one free agent, and then Zach Levine. I think he's restricted. I think he has a player option actually. Oh yeah, player option. Yeah, so like him, he has a player option. Um, so does um, there are a lot of players. I think Levine also has a Levine. Player option. Levine is is going to be a free agent. Um, Lonzo is a player option, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's time that they need to make a big splash here and like can't spend our money on players that have been in the league for longer than seven years, in my opinion. Yeah, Miles Bridges would be a great pickup, but I'm a little skeptical. I feel like the Hornets will convince him to stay with a lot of money. I don't know. Well, they also have to think about their future because they have Gordon Hayward on the books. They have... um... It's true. Um, what's his name? Oh my god. Um Lamello, who's in Rosier too. Rosier, mm, I don't know if he's gonna stay. Um and plus they're gonna make a splash for another star player. Yeah. Um, plus, would you rather uh, play in Charlotte or play in Detroit, your home? Remember, Miles Bridges. Yeah, I forgot. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we get to some of the all-star shenanigans, who do you guys think is your current pick for the NBA championship, given that we're just about at the halfway point now? and the trade deadline has surpassed who, and then who do you think is going to be the hottest team, AKA either the, the Knicks or Hawks from last year? Oh, NBA champion. I really don't know if I can choose one right now, to be honest. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Suns, Bucks. I really, yeah. I think it's going to be Suns and Bucks again in the finals. Yeah, and Phoenix Suns are going to be a landslide winner, though. Like it, yeah. the the Tory Craig Craig move and the Aaron Holiday move, very sneaky, very good. That it, it's going to be the Phoenix Suns, like without a doubt. I, I have no doubt in my mind they're going to be champions this year. Um, uh, unless unless it. the Warriors go on some crazy hot streak in the playoffs, like yeah. I don't even think that's going to happen. I, I, I honestly think like all right, Warriors they have Draymond injured. The Phoenix Suns have been like all, unless there's a crazy injury where like Chris Paul can't like move his arm again or yeah. anything, they survive that too. Like or uh, if DeAndre Ayton's out, it's going to be the Suns. It's going to be the Suns. Yeah, uh, as long as they yeah, have Bucks. Paul and Ayton, CP needs a ring, and Bismarck Biyombo. Don't forget about him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then who do you, who do you guys think is going to make a run in terms of? The, the hot streak because the Celtics are kind of in that position right now. So what are we, uh, what are we considering a run is a team that's on the outside looking in that goes in or outside looking like... in overperforms in the playoffs versus what, the you, what you think they're at today. Look the Hawks. Yeah. Year. Okay. Yeah. Neil, do you have, do you have your thoughts on this? Um, 
Celtics are looking like it. Um, maybe, but the Cavs are already ranked high. Like, I don't know if there's a there's a team I can choose. That can Did you guys see the Raptors? The Raptors have been. Uh, that's gonna be my own. the Raptors. Yep, that was it. Um, because uh, Gary Trent Jr. is just the guy can't miss. <laughs> he yeah. had like I think five straight games of thirty points. Um, plus they got Thaddeus Young. Um, they're gonna be yeah the Raptors. That's my pick. Maybe, on the Western. I mean, I, yeah, I know that I know they've been losing a lot, but maybe the Hornets have to figure it out. Are they even in aren't they they're they're on the outside now. of the play-in tournament? They're number nine. No, no, they're, they're number nine right now. Yeah. 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 And then for the Western Conference, who do you guys got? I have one I can think of. If he comes back and is healthy, then the Clippers. He's or not coming back. Kawhi's, or, oh, you're talking about Paul George. Okay. Yeah. Ah, they're shut down. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still holding on belief here, man. You know, Lakers. I'm gonna say it. He's gonna say you know Lakers. Gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've already lost hope by them. They didn't make a single move. I don't understand what they did. Yeah. They didn't make a single move. They said, "Oh wait, come on, they're going in the buyout market for Tristan Thompson." <laughs> well done, good for them. So dumb. Oh my god. So uh, dumb. I don't know. I think the West is kind of set. Like, I, if we're gonna consider Memphis the team, uh, maybe the Memphis, but like, I, I think this, it's like. The two towers at the top are not going to be t- uh, toppled with. Yeah. It's going to be Golden State versus Phoenix in the uh, conference finals. Phoenix winning in six. And uh, they're going to be in the finals, probably winning. Let's see it. Wow, no disagreements here. This is a very tame podcast, guys. <laughs> um, so to spice things up a little bit, let's move on to our final conversation of the day, which is around our NBA All-Stars. So it's coming up. How much weight do you guys hold to uh, – to the NBA All-Star Weekend these days. It's they entertaining. Messed it they messed it up, though. They really messed it up. This nah, year. the game's more, the game's yeah, more competitive. The game oh, no, the game itself is yeah. great. I'm talking yeah. about the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I can't even tell better. you who won the dunk contest the last right. few years. I need to say something. Kevin Durant is awful at choosing All-Star teams. Just complete garbage. <laughs> After the second year in a row, he's tro- just so lopsided. <laughs> I find it. <laughs> Uh, I, didn't, I don't like the I don't like the Tatum pick obviously, and um, I don't like the Wiggins pick, but that's not his fault. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind the team. Yeah, and uh, uh, Morant. That's a I fun team. I think it's lopsided again. So LeBron only t- only picks good All Star teams. He doesn't pick good good players yeah. for his real team. Yeah. <laughs> See, when salary cap doesn't matter, LeBron really goes. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I'm on Team LeBron this year too. Um, it's that team is. They're gonna kill them. Um, although it's hard to not root for. If I have this prediction, so if the players hit their shots, then LeBron's gonna win because he has the shooters. If they don't, if it becomes like you know missing shots and then you have uh, um, big men cleaning up, it's gonna be KD's team. I mean, I, I think if if the latter happens, then my uh, my pick for MVP is uh, Jared Allen. He's gonna come <laughs> in just like clean up and every he's gonna just get alley oops all the you time. Put money on that. If I he would. goes 20 and 20 plus 5,000, I, <laughs> I would do it. Um, no, I, I honestly think like Jared Allen, he's like he's the hometown boy there. Um, he's he's the one that got uh selected. I like last. That. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Jared Allen I, if, I like if players actually. don't make their shots, which they will. Giannis was making three after three last year in last year's all star game. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, Embiid's gonna be angry. All right, Neil, who's who's your pick? Uh, probably Giannis again. All right, I'm gonna go with Embiid to keep things interesting. And, MVP? and you yeah. think um, so? Uh, assuming 
Embiid wins and say uh, Jared Allen wins, KD's team's going to win. If Giannis wins, it's going to be uh, Team LeBron. Right. Okay. Right. What about also, the weekend? Can we just, can we just yeah. talk? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I was just looking at the list. Um, it honestly seems like the list got filled out pretty well after the injuries. Is there anyone that you guys feel is undeserving of a spot here? Um, did, uh, did, uh, who, uh, who's taking Levine's place? I know Levine's not playing. I know Harden's not playing. Um, I know DeJounte got put in, uh, Jared Allen got put in and, um, who else got put in? Um, who was it? Um, anyway, I mean, so I know Harden's like, Harden needs to be replaced. I, I said either by Siakam or Holiday, uh, and Levine needs to be replaced by either one of those two, too. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I mean, anyone's undeserving. They all really. Andrew Wiggins. Well, uh, yeah, I've come to terms with it now, but I don't know if he's I, a starter. But dude, he's having a he's having he a definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't. The starter was a little much for me, but uh, I guess he deserves to be an all star at least. Here's a question for you guys, and I thought about this: Why does Steph deserve the uh, the starter spot over CP3? Because. Because name recognition, yeah. But is that is that is that because if you think about these all star games, they actually mean a lot to these players because of the contracts. So I, not so much for Steph and uh, and Chris, but in terms of like a younger player that makes an all star team, it, it it changes the maximum money they can make in a contract here. So uh, there should be some weight to picking these players. It shouldn't just be like, all right, the most popular player is a, star- is a starter because. If we had the most popular player, I mean, A, I don't think KD should be the uh, the captain of the East. It should yeah. be Giannis, yeah. uh, but KD got it. But, like, all right, going back to my point, though, is if you look at the two players, Steph is having, while it's a great year, um, he's having one of his low, like less than average shooting years. Um, Chris Paul, on the other hand, is leading his team to like a historic record. Um, he, I mean, that single-handedly led that team from a bubble team that couldn't even make it out of the bubble to uh, a team that's going to be either first or second in their conference and going uh, once the NBA finals last year, how, how, how is it that he's not the starter? Honestly, it's a combination of name recognition and, and yeah. And like, it's just Steph Curry. You, I don't, I don't think there's any but it's CP3. CP3 is a better point guard. Uh. Yeah, point guard, point traditional. Guard. Yeah, point of, yeah, yeah. Traditional, right? Yeah. CP three is one of the best, greatest point guards of all time. Yeah, the yeah. point god. He's the point god. Yeah, I, I, I thought. But, I, the, I, but the fact of the matter is, yes, CP three is leading the league in assists, but he's scoring fifteen a game. Steph is scoring almost twenty six a game, and I think, as stupid as it is, they they put more weight on on scoring. I well, I think what happened here is all right. So fifty percent of the vote is from the fans. I honestly think that should be tempered. Like, yeah, make it 33, 33, 33, and give CP3 deserves over Steph. I'm not going to touch uh, Morant because I believe Morant deserves the all-star yeah, athletes because yeah. he, he's leading that team. But, like, in terms of team um, team performance, if you put more weight on that, Chris Paul, it, he really deserves to be a starter. I don't, I, 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 as much as I like Steph, and I think Steph should definitely be an all-star, without a doubt, it should have been CP3. For Chicago fans listening, let's just give a quick shout out to Demar Derozan. Oh for my God, that guy is going awful. on a tear. Yeah, Demar Derozan. Yeah, yeah, he is <laughs> playing some damn good basketball. With scoring like thirty-five for the last, I don't know how many six games, games in a row yeah. or something. Yeah, the historic uh, feat. But 
only Jordan has done it, I think, um, since like he's putting Jordan numbers. I told you, man, second comment, Carno, referring to our group chat. <laughs> okay, we're, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that, so before, before we leave you guys, um, in, in, uh, in celebration of All-Star Weekend and some of our childhood watching the dunk contest when the dunk contest actually means something, uh, what's your guys' favorite dunk over the last 20, 25 years or so? Ugh. I'll start it off. I'll start it off. It's still, it's still the Vince Carter. It's yeah. over for me. I mean, that that's, and watching Shaq's eyeballs pop out after yeah. Vince Carter just went on that run. So every single dunk, reverse windmill? Every single dunk reverse? was just like, hadn't been done before at that point. Yeah. So I think that's still probably my favorite, but what do, what do you guys think? I, I really don't like this dunk. I think it, it kind of cheated graphics a little bit. But it was kind of iconic, uh, Blake Griffin. I agree, it's trash. He jumped over the hood, not the actual car. <laughs> it's such a bad dunk. I know, but everyone remembers it. I, yeah, I, I mean, if you want to talk about most iconic, like Dwight Howard's super. Dwight Howard's, dunk, yeah. That, but, uh, that's not my favorite one, though. Um, I, I, it's a tie between, um, so like the, the Vince Carter arm through the hoop that's yeah. one of my favorite dunks yeah. and then i think you guys are gonna know the steve nash assist dunk oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, i had to put that out, yeah i'm already yeah, the rainbow the rainbow or the or the header. both of them the rainbow and the header were both great <laughs> uh i mean Amari didn't do like he didn't do anything with a dunk but it was just the steve fact that steve nash was doing it but give a special shout out to the, the i think the, the most difficult dunk i've ever seen done was done by aaron gordon when he went under yeah. like both yeah. his legs yeah. That is hands down the hardest dunk I've ever seen. That I don't think anyone good, will do that. That was a good dunk contest year. Levine versus Levine, Gordon. Gordon. I think Donovan Mitchell. Uh, maybe not. No. 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 He wouldn't. It was um not Donovan Mitchell. I think it was um uh was it Gerald Green? Wasn't that one? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I always um, love the uh the the blowing out the cupcake. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. Underrated yeah. dunk. Underrated for sure. I mean, that was the same year that Nate Robinson beat uh Dwight. So um and then i gotta say this aaron gordon got robbed who won that? that zach levine because dwayne wade screwed aaron gordon that was a, that was oh yeah yeah dwayne yeah, wade was, really was, he screwed aaron gordon yeah, yeah. He did aaron gordon. well this concludes our 10th podcast thank you all for listening i hope you guys all have a good uh all-star game weekend and uh we'll see you on the flip side of it yep. uh yeah We'll see you guys and uh good luck to uh Team KD. I ain't never had no money. See how the bets turn out. Coming out here trying to give me away. Ain't nobody helping I was on. Fake friends, they just slipping away. Now I got it, so I bought